Hi, I'm Karina. I'm the Music Ministry Director at Every Nation Auckland City. We are a multicultural, multi-generational, socially responsible church that makes disciples. We hope this message inspires you to honour God and make disciples. Turn to your neighbour and say, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's good to have you. It's good to be here. It's my privilege to bring the word today. Uh, if you're here for the first time or we've not met properly, uh, I'm Richard. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner who's been transformed through the mercy and the grace of God. And I get, uh, I get to lead with, with a team, lead this wonderful church. So it's good to be together, and clearly we've got a lot away. Maybe they've gone back to their homelands or down the line for a holiday, but we're here, and that's what matters. Isn't that good? Who's ready for the Word of God today? All right. <laughs> All right, so the series is called Carols, and what we're doing is we're basing three messages on a carol. And I want to take you right back to the 18... Hundreds, there was a French priest and his organ had broken down and they had restored the organ in his local church, Catholic church, and to commemorate and celebrate the restoration of the organ, he seconded a local poet, a gentleman by the name of Placide Capot. Doesn't that sound French? Placide Capot. I'm not sure why I'm doing this, but it feels good. They, he, he seconded him, he got him involved, gave him a little contract, I suppose, and said, could you please write a poem to commemorate the restoration of the organ? And he, he wrote this poem. Now, what's interesting is Placide was not even a Christian. He wasn't a follower of Jesus. In fact, he had quite a bad reputation in the city. He was also a wine merchant. I'll let you connect the dots. But he was a good poet. Maybe he was under the influence, I don't know, but he was a good poet. So he, he went about and wrote this poem, and he liked it so much that Placide, he, he wrote it based on Luke chapter 2, based on the birth of Jesus Christ, and, and, and what he, he liked it so much he wanted to put it to music, so he got his friend, another fellow Frenchman who was a Jew. So both men are not Christian, and he, he, his name was Adolf Adam, Adolf Adam. Adam and he put the poem to music and it's gone through various iterations but we know it today as O Holy Night. That's the history and in fact there's really more to it than that. What's kind of craziest is kind of the song hit the top charts, you know, it went off in the church world through the Catholic Church of Europe and other churches as well until sometime later they realized the music was composed and the lyrics were written not even by a Christian. And so there's like a, a mob that rose up and said, shut this thing down, stop this song. But it had taken traction. It was out and it's just been loved and adored for many, many years since then. Let me give you one more interesting fact. A guy called Reginald. Can everyone say Reginald? Reginald, what a great name. Reggie. Reginald Fessenden, a 33-year-old Canadian university professor. He, he did what many thought was impossible. On Christmas Eve of 19... 
06. He was something of a DIY guy. He was an educated gentleman. He'd, he'd gone into his garage and he'd previously built kind of a makeshift generator. And he plugged a microphone into that generator and broadcast the very first amplitude modulation radio. I, in other words, AM radio. This is the birth of AM radio. Yep, there was a life before FM, young ones. <laughs> this is the birth. You can Google all this stuff. It's all there in the history books. And what did he do with that one opportunity? It's quite interesting because there were warships in the area and they were using this AM radio for Morse code and what came through the airwaves was something very different. He, he jacked all this up, and what he did is he took his Bible and he read Luke chapter 2, verse 1. He got his microphone and he began. At the time, the emperor, Roman Emperor Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And he continued through the story of the birth of Christ. Then he picked up his old violin. And somehow he jacked up his microphone there and he played a carol. And guess which carol it was. Oh, Holy Night was the very first song to be broadcast in AM radio in human history. The history of the world was the song we sang this morning. Isn't that interesting? There are also stories, not in my notes, also stories in wars in Russia and, and, and over there when they were fighting, I believe it was the Italians of memory, and they were fighting trench to trench on Christmas Eve. They laid down their arms and began to sing the song, O Holy Night. It's got a rich and beautiful history. We're going to look at that tonight, but can you imagine what that holy night was like? For Mary and Joseph, we often see sweet little figurines and cute little children and airbrushed images trying to capture the night of Joseph and Mary and a couple of cows who are lowering. What, is, what does lowing mean? I don't know, but they're lowing and maybe a few wise men. But I think we do it a disservice because I think it was anything but clean and calm and relaxed. I think the reality was very, very different. First of all, we've got a teenage girl who's pregnant. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Now that's another sermon series on its own about how that happened. But it's enough to say it was supernatural. And she and her fiance, Joe, they go traveling because they had to return to the birth of the father's homeland, and it's 80 to 100 miles of traveling. Get this, girls. She's nine months pregnant. Probably around 100 miles of traveling on a donkey. Now, I remember our first birth, cruising in our Renault 12. It was a beautiful brown cover with real hard windows to one. That was hard enough, but here we go. We're on a donkey. It took roughly four days. This is not shooting down to the local dairy, get a pack of fags. No, this is four days. This is four days on a donkey. And they get there, and 
Of course, they can't find a room. Now, scholars are of different minds regarding this. Some say it was a cave that they went into. Some would say it was a stable where animals were kept. Uh, some would actually suggest it was under the open sky because it was popular and common to have the manger, a feeding trough for the animals outside. Or if you're very poor, some would suggest that, and I think this is more likely the case, where animals and humans would live together. So it's like a house with a one big room with an overhanging um, roof and animals would be on this side to keep away from rough weather while the humans lived on this side but they would interact and, and something you get the idea whichever angle you take it they were poor it was smelly in fact no matter which way you look at it this has got to be the worst environment to give birth unsterile no equipment no medical support no epidural and the truth of the matter is, Mary's probably screaming her brains out in pain. The question marks. This is so unorthodox, it's ridiculously crazy. It was not calm and clean and quiet. If only the animals were probably making all kinds of noise. It was intense, noisy and probably dirty. And the end of it, a baby. The second person of the triune Godhead arrives in the flesh. Now, we don't understand what that meant to the people of the day. The arrival of the Messiah after centuries of pain and torment and oppression hanging on for dear life to an old prophecy that he will come. This morning I want to zoom in on one phrase in this carol, and it says, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Now, I reckon if you tried to capture a lot of the mood in society today, it would be that word weary. I think Pastor Weyong was touching on it a little bit earlier. Just the weariness, emotional weariness, physical weariness, relational weariness. I reckon that's a good word that would just catch the mood pretty much right across society. Anxieties are high, concern around the economy, all kinds of bickering around politics, relationship tensions. Am I talking about your life yet? Many people are battling ill health. It's stunning the number of people who are struggling or know someone close to them who's struggling with an ill health. It's almost like most people are fighting to keep above the water. I think many of us here could relate to the word weary. There's a weariness that a lot of sleep won't fix that many people feel. Spiritual weariness, if you will. And what I love about the carol is it goes on to say a thrill of hope. I mean, can you imagine the chaos in that manger? I mean, it's, it's hard to get our heads around. But that night, the atmosphere was filled with a thrill of hope. 
That maybe after centuries of waiting and, and oppression, as I say, which was the discipline of God, for they were the people who would not obey God, and God said, okay, I'm going to put you into exile. Okay, we're going to have silence. Okay, you're going to go into spiritual wilderness. But the time will come where I will come and rescue you. One day, hope arrived. The Messiah was born, and as Mary pondered these things and knew these things in her heart, and indeed Joseph and the wise men, as they looked at the child, faith grew, and, and hope began to emerge, and suddenly a weary world rejoices. He's come. He's here. My prayer today is if you are feeling weary, that you would feel the thrill of hope arise in your heart. My prayer today is that inside you today, the weariness would wash away as you apprehend Jesus personally. Why would they rejoice? Because there was a new, excuse me, because there was a new and glorious morning coming. I want you to think about not just the night, but the day is coming. The morn is about to arrive when the sun's going to come up and the freshness of a day when the light pierces the fresh leaves, when, when it comes up over the hill with its opportunities. Everything is different. I wonder the conversation, what conversation Mary and Joseph had the next morning after a good night's sleep. Everything was different. Let's focus on the new and glorious morning. And when we think about the new and glorious morning, we have to go back to the book of Lamentations. Right back there in the book of Lamentations, we're about 556, sorry, 86 BC. And this is when the Jerusalem fell. Now, again, we might not realize that's such a significant thing, but you, it would be hard to imagine something more destitute, something more destructive, something more dis, despond, creating more despondency and discouragement in the hearts of the people. Jerusalem, the people were distraught. They were under oppression, and Jeremiah, a young prophet with a unique ministry, he laments, and he hurts along with his fellow citizens. And he pours his heart out in chapter 3, but I want you to see in Lamentations chapter 3 from verse 20 to 26, I want you to see the switch as he moves from mourning to a moment of faith. Faith. Let's look at Lamentations Chapter 3, verse 20. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I will never forget this awful time. As I grieve over my loss, yet I will declare, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ceases. 
never ends. His mercy never ceases. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Hallelujah. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait silently for the salvation of the Lord. It's amazing what a new day with Jesus can bring. And I just simply want to open up three simple truths that we can glean from that text, verse 24, 25, and 26. Number one, a new day with Jesus brings exactly what you need. Can someone say amen? I didn't say what you want. It's what you need. Verse 24 says, I say to myself, stop right there. <laughs> I say to myself, did you know that some good old self-preaching is a good thing? Did you know there's a time in your life when you've got to be the best preacher you can hear? There's a time when you've got to declare the Word of God and grab that Bible and grab that mirror and say to yourself, there is hope. Are you with me this morning? Praise Jesus. Sometimes you just got to declare truth and get off that stinking TV that's filled with all kinds of permutations and perversions and get the Word of God and declare truth in your situation. Is somebody hearing me? Like getting the Bible <laughs> and declaring truth. I said to myself, says Jeremiah, I love that. Right in the middle of discouragement and heaviness and confusion and weariness, I said to myself, wow, the Lord is my inheritance. The new King James, good old Jimmy, he says, my portion. Therefore, I will hope in him. A new day with Jesus brings exactly what you need, my friend. It's just like the New Testament. When Jesus taught us, he's taught us to pray, give us today what? Our daily bread. Why do we need to pray that? Because I need God every single day. Every day, many would say this is a reflection of the manna in heaven that Jesus, that God poured out over the children of Israel through the desert. They got a daily portion. Why? Because he wants to keep you in relationship with him. Why? Because he knows when you start wandering, when we start wandering from God and taking life into our own hands, he knows that life doesn't work out so good. Have you figured that out yet? The good news is that God is already in tomorrow. And is everything, he has everything that you need for tomorrow. Whatever tomorrow brings. He is your need. He is the one who will fix your marriage. He is the one that will bring unity back into your, your life. When you're feeling weak, he is the one that will bring strength, friend. Why is he the last resort? that we often go to. He is exactly what we need. That's Jesus is what we need. Not a new partner, not a new spouse, not a new house. Those things, those houses and other possessions, they might upgrade sometime. Praise God for that. But what we need in moments of discouragement and destitution is Jesus Christ. A new day with Jesus is actually what we need. 
a new day in our hearts. If you're feeling lost, you feel you're wandering, there's no purpose, you're just going through the motions. He is what you need, friend. If you're hurting, you feel broken, just stuck, Jesus is what you need. A new day with Christ will always bring exactly what you need. What you need is the presence of God, the reality of God, the power of God, the peace of God. Not more, more possessions, not more busyness, not more cramming. Jesus. Number two, we get this from verse 25. It says, a new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. A new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. A new day with Jesus, a new morning with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. Is anybody hearing me? A new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. So many people are looking for hope in other things and that's why we feel hopeless because they can't intrinsically in and of themselves produce that and satisfy that. People won't, possessions won't, money won't, a change of government won't. It's a new day, a new morning with Jesus. When all you can see is darkness and despair, I pray that a thrill of hope will overcome your weariness. Verse 25, the Lord is good to those who depend on him, whose hope is in him, says King Jimmy, to those who search for him. Are you searching for him? Do you depend on him? You know, I heard this recently. I'm not sure how true it is, but we'll give it a try. That we can exist for 40 days without food, eight days without water, four minutes without oxygen, but only a few seconds without hope. Too many today are living a life that's hope-deprived. Struggling. And putting hope in all the wrong places. The stock market their employment, relationships, the list goes on, it's endless. We've got a very good way. We're very proficient at creating things that we put our hope in that don't deliver. Some might call them idols. Only Jesus can give us the hope for continuing. I want to share a powerful verse I found in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says here, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. <laughs> For he who promises is faithful. Shall I say it again? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises is faithful. I love that picture of holding on to hope. Holding on to hope, holding on to hope and letting go of fear, holding on to truth and letting go of lies, letting go of anxiety, letting go of panic and holding on 
to hope. He is the hope that keeps us going. Friend, don't ever lose hope that a new day is coming. You may feel stuck. God has not forgotten you. God is working his plan. God will deliver you. But hold on to Jesus. The morning is coming. The morning is coming. Don't ever lose hope. I wonder. In fact, I bet, I know there are stories in this room where God has taken you from hopelessness and restored hope for a health breakthrough, hope for a relationship, hope for some kind of provision. If God has given you a fresh hope, can I get you to put your hand in the air and say, I've been that person. Hope. Anybody, come on now. Absolutely. It should be filled with it. Hope for the future. In a world that's crazy, there's all kinds of discussions of end times and end of the world and all. And indeed, we are getting closer to that. But I don't live in fear. I don't live in this, this hope of a military resolve. I don't live in the hope of anything man can produce. I hope indeed and pray for the flourishing of all humankind, for the peace of people. But ultimately, I say, God, you be God. So be it. And that's where my soul, I don't find peace in trying to control everything. I gave that up a while ago, still learning that lesson, truth be told. The more I've realized to let go and trust and have hope in him, he knows all things. I don't need to worry. I can have a nice old latte down at Takapuna Beach and be totally at peace. And I wish that for you too. Or maybe a mochaccino. Whatever's your beverage of choice. Non-alcoholic, of course, in church. Number three, so a new day with Jesus brings exactly what we need. Verse 24, a new day with Jesus brings the hope to keep going. And thirdly, verse 26, a new day with Jesus brings the help you're seeking. Verse 26, it says here, so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you need your soul saved. Maybe today you're still yet to surrender to God and experience the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've yet to receive the salvation of Christ. I've got good news for you today. Jesus is here. Or maybe today you need salvation from a dark place from this weariness that we talk about. Maybe you're in a difficult situation. There's all kinds of relationship problems and financial things and health things and all manner of things. Friend, I want to tell you today, Jesus is the answer. He's the help that you need to be seeking. And sometimes, just sometimes, this silly old man of 57 figured out, sometimes the challenges in life can indeed be a beautiful blessing as it drives you closer to him, as your, knee, your knees begin to bend, your eyes become filled with tears, and you realize you can't change the situation, you can't fix the situation. And then you discover the very thing you need is him. And your soul rejoices 
at the intimacy that's built through suffering. It's beautiful. Hang in there. Keep waiting. It's amazing what one day will do. It's amazing what one new day with Jesus can do. Lazarus had been dead for four days, sitting in that tomb. I just love old King Jimmy. He says, oh, behold, he stinketh. He had been decomposing four days. He's like dead, dead, like really dead. He's the definition of dead. When you go to dead in the dictionary, you see a picture of Lazarus falling apart. And Jesus comes in on one day, Jesus speaks to that body. And boom, he's raised from the dead. I think of that lady who had that issue of blood for 12 years and that one day came and she touched the hem of Jesus and power left him. Resurrection power left him and went into that woman and one day she's made whole. What about the guy who's been going to the pool for 38 years? He's been a cripple. And one day, friend, I want to tell you, one new day with Jesus can change everything. Hold on. One new day. Shut down the negativity. Shut down the people. If you're like me, you've got to unfollow people. I mean, you just have to be very focused. Fighting for your soul. One new day. God will show up. He's on his way. Somebody needs to hear that. He's currently in motion. He's orchestrating things. He's wanting you to trust him because he knows you like I. When he answers it a little bit too quickly, because his timing is perfect, when he answers a little bit too quickly, we grab the toys and we run away and we forget about the God. Just like your children will do in a few days' time. They forget about reading the card. They forget about the gratitude. They just get all about the toy. And that's a problem when God's gifts become God. That's the problem with us human beings. We make gods of people and gods of possessions and gods of our, our ambitions. When from beginning to end, it's all been about relationship with Him. One thing in common with all these stories, and there's so many more, that all involved an encounter with Jesus Christ. Some of you today are feeling weary, but I want to tell you that God can refresh your soul and your spirit. Some of you are believing today for a healing and a breakthrough. God can do it. God will do it in his time and his way. Ladies and gentlemen, some of you may feel like you're in a nighttime. Can I tell you, the dawn is nearly here. The dawn is nearly here with the hope and the offering of new things, of a breakthrough. A new day with Christ can bring the hope, the help that you're seeking. If you're living in a dark place, the morning, the new and glorious morning, it's nearly here. Isn't that beautiful? I love this scripture here, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 12. It says, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day 
is almost here. The night is nearly over and the day is almost here. Can I say it again? The night is nearly over. Turn to your neighbor and say, the night's nearly over. Turn to your other neighbor you don't really like that much and say, the new day is nearly here. <laughs> the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. The sun always rises again, and the sun rose again on the third day because he was born into a weary world. And when he was born, there was a thrill of hope. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. And aren't we grateful for that? Can we close our eyes? Let's close our eyes and have a moment of privacy. Maybe you're going through a dark place. You might say you wouldn't believe it, Pastor. Honestly, truly, what's going on for me right now is just overwhelming. Big decisions to make. Difficult situations where there seems to be no way out. Maybe health issues. People have accused you. Maybe you feel misunderstood. Maybe you're having some real doubts about your faith and who you are. And the enemy jumps on that and just begins to condemn and oppress. I want to tell you today, Jesus can resolve it all. Jesus is your shepherd. You have a father. Can I tell you today, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the strength of God is available to you today. Maybe you're not supposed to solve it. Maybe you're supposed to trust Him to solve it. I want to encourage you today. If you're a Christian, here and it's pretty dark take time to dwell on the text we read today take time to listen to oh holy night take time to get alone and be honest with god or maybe talk to a discipler someone don't walk through it alone One thing I know is that God is the solution. And today, if you're here and you're not saved, you're not a Christian, you maybe have walked away from God. If I can just take a moment to speak to you. What's interesting to me is the author and the composer of our hymn today did not know God, did not know Jesus. 
They knew about him, but they did not know him. You see, you can know the story without knowing the Savior. You can watch Coca-Cola Christmas in the park, every man and his dog singing songs about Jesus. Nick Minute talking and living in a way that Christ does not even exist. You can know the story, but not know the Savior. Well, eyes are closed and heads are bowed. After the count of three, if that's you and you want to meet Jesus, you want to give your life to Jesus on these last few days of 2023 as we advance very quickly to Christmas Day and you want to give your life to God, you want to make a commitment to let Jesus live in your heart, you want the forgiveness of Christ, you want to have a complete transformation in your life, you want to repent and turn from sin and embrace a new life. Jesus can do that for you. Jesus did that for you on the cross. After the count of three, if that's you, and you say, Pastor, that's me, I want you to put your hand in the air and I'd love the opportunity to pray with you afterwards. If that's you today, you're not right with God and you want to be right with Him, after the count of three, just put your hand in the air. One, two, three. Anybody? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Anybody else? Please don't let this moment go by. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Let's not rush. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for sending your Son. Jesus, thank you for your birth and your death and every second in between. I pray for us all that this Christmas that we would all more tightly embrace and enjoy the true meaning of Christmas. Yes, we'll have all our distractions of tables of food and gifts and fellowship, and they are good. But Lord, I'm praying that over this holiday season, all of us would have a fresh appreciation and we'll take time to draw aside to know you more. Who is this God that would come and die for me? Don't let us become apathetic. Don't let us become um, in slumber. But Lord, I pray for a growing, increasing faith to rise in every heart today. That as you broke through the night, that you continue to break through the night of our souls, our worries and our anxieties. Lord, I'm praying that now in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. To know more about Every Nation Auckland City, you can visit our website, www.everynationauckland.city. For more messages like this, you can subscribe to this podcast through Spotify, Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts.